Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. Level two. Let me do a quick little uh, thing here. I tweeted this out. I saw the story, so... Uh, Ex-NHL coach Bill Peters. Um, Ex-NHL coach Bill Peters got hired by the Western Hockey League's uh, Lethbridge uh, Hurricane team to be their head coach. Why is is this a story? Because Bill Peters got exiled from the NHL because he's a proven racist. And it's proven that he he hit players. Like it, and it's not a legend stuff. Like Rod Brindamore, who's a lifelong hockey guy, said, "Yeah, I saw him kick him on the bench." Like it went to court. Like you know what I mean? Like they couldn't lie. They were like, "Did he kick him?" And they were like, "Yeah, he kicked him." Uh, did he blackball this this player? Yes. Right? Did he tell a black player to cut his hair and call him a bunch of names? Yes, he did. Yes, yeah, he did that too. Yep, yep. No, none of it's disputed. Never apologized. Never apologized. 13 years. Guy gets a job today, apologized yesterday. And it wasn't even him. It was like through this sort of like, you know, statement type thing. I've, I've come a long way and blah, blah, blah. And he just got hired to coach 17 and 18-year-old kids. You know, hockey can, you know, whatever, dude. Like, it's sad. And I don't like saying it, too. Like, look, man, my grandfather played for Team Canada. He played in the NHL. He was a linesman in the NHL. My uncle played in the NHL. Um, I played hockey, so like you know what I mean. Could argue like hockey partially like fed me as a kid, but it, it's and my grandfather was a class act. His nickname was Gentleman Jim, Gentleman Jim Haggerty because he was like a classy dude and stuff. He played tough, but he was he the people liked him, and um, I know so many good hockey people. Like the the the, the old hockey players didn't do the things that t- these kids do today, right? You know, like if you went on a hockey team in the 50s, they didn't stick a stick up your ass to, to welcome you to the team, right? They didn't put you in a in a closed room with like six other naked dudes, like oiled up in like a in a in a bus bathroom, right? Like these are the twisted things these kids do, twisted stuff to be on the team, and these guys are going to the NHL and stuff. And you know what happens? It carries over to the NHL, and you get the Chicago Blackhawks who are, like, abusing and molesting players in the back room. And, well, you know, don't say anything, man. We just won two cups in a row. Let's not say anything. Right now you see Jonathan Taze. It's like, yeah, he's got, he's got issues now. Right? Like, hockey, as much as I love the sport, and it's a great sport, like, as far as the damn game is concerned, you won't find a more exciting game watching hockey. But, man, they just don't care. Right, the kid on the, the, the there's a kid man. He was on Team Canada. He whatever. He was a big hockey. The Logan Mayu kid played junior hockey. He had sex with a girl. She was like underage. He was young too, so that wasn't a thing. He filmed it and then put it on the internet and stuff. Canadians draft him because why not, right? 
because I'm sure if you were the GM and it was your daughter, you would have drafted them. But they don't care. The late night anger management class. This is Portrait. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pistol players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. So a lot of stuff to unpack, but let's put our cleats on. Let's let's put our shoulder pads on. Let's put our helmet on. We're gonna talk football. Ian Cameron uh, with us. We'll bring Babano back in a second. We'll blast through all the games. Thursday's game, Friday's games. We'll see what Babano thinks about Saturday's uh, NCAA card. For those of you that are gonna be kicking it in Vegas uh, this weekend, we will be at the Circa uh, all day Saturday for the most part. You know, all day. I'm not appearing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not doing any shows. I know people that are, and I'm going to pass by, right? I've even had a couple of people, hey, you should come by. Maybe come on. I'm like, dude, nah, it's probably not good for you or me that I'm going to come on Saturday afternoon in Vegas, all right? Because we got shows to do. We're going to be doing our show tomorrow night and our show Friday. So we're going to be all business. And then we're going to let it rip Saturday morning and all day Saturday. We're going to be at the Circa watching all the games, including TCU and Colorado. And I'm trying to talk myself into taking the Colorado Buffaloes plus the points uh, right now. Washington and Boise State uh, mid-afternoon game. Uh, that game is going to be lit. We love the over of that game. I'm really high on the Washington Huskies this year, but that point spread might be a little bit high. Uh, but I tell you what. I, UTSA in Houston. We'll give a battle's thoughts on that in a minute uh, on the other side. UTSA in Houston. People are talking about that game, but remember last year they went to overtime and a track meet shootout, and this year's Houston team is no near as, as good as last year's Houston's team is, and UTSA are probably better this year than they were last year. Frank Harris is back for his seventh year. Look for UTSA, UTSA to beat the Houston Cougars, and the oddsmakers agree. They're two-point road favorites in this game. Lay the money line and take the over with UTSA, but I got to tell you, I'm really looking forward to the, the Battle of the Carolinas, man. North Carolina, South Carolina. The North Carolina Tar Heels. Everybody's talking about Florida State. Everybody talks about Clemson all the time. North Carolina have the offense that can go pretty far, and it can beat a lot of teams. The problem is for them... Their defense, right? North Carolina are like USC light. They can throw the ball all over the place. They can put points on the board, but they can't stop you from scoring. And when it's all said and done, you look at this football game, you got North Carolina's great offense, but their defense is very good. So you know Spencer Rattler and the Gamecocks are going to be able to score on them. And then you ask yourself, who's going to be able to come up with one or two more stops? South Carolina. This is sports rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. All right, listen, I need some cash. What for? I just need it, that's all. Oh, no. Don't tell me. You're gambling again, aren't you? Oh, you weak, weak man. What? (laughs) 
the late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morency, the Pistol Players, the Hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. And uh, shout out to D Money uh, in our chat right now. What up, D Money? Said enjoy um, enjoy the circa on Saturday. And uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, I tweeted this out earlier in the day at uh, Sports Rage. But one cool thing about Las Vegas, and I know, I was, I've was i been in metal bands my whole life, and I lived in Hollywood in the in that era. Like, right? I lived in Hollywood from, like, 1988 to 91, 92 type thing. So it was in the middle of all that metal stuff. And Vegas has become what Hollywood used to be. Right? Like, if you go to the Sunset Strip now and stuff, it's cool. You know what I mean? The whiskey's got bands playing, and but it's not... It, it's you know it's not all that metal right it's this and that it's sort of like you know it's the music scene and the LA music scene but it's not the, quite the same like Vegas is where it's at right like a good example is like um, Friday night at the Golden Nugget I was looking at what's going on on Fremont Street uh, Friday night the Golden Nugget Lita Ford is playing and then uh, on Saturday I like Lita Ford too um, so I would go, but we were doing sports rage. But on Saturday night, on Saturday night, and Babano, I don't know if you know the show. What's the show called, everybody? I believe it's called Counting Cars, though, right? I don't know if you remember that show. I don't know if you watch those shows, Babano, but Counting Cars. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Counting Cars. Yeah, it's, it used to be more popular when all those motorcycle shows were on, building, you know, remember the garage, the garage TV days, right? Building bikes and, you know, I mean, he's one of those dudes that builds bikes and restores badass cars and stuff, but he's based out of Vegas. Yeah, Danny Coker. Uh, Danny Coker. Uh, counts Customs. Does a great job. He looks like The Undertaker. Big dude. He's got to be, he literally does kind of look like The Undertaker. Big dude. Drives a motorcycle and stuff. He lives in Vegas and uh, he's got a great bar. Count, uh, counting Vamps, Rock Bar. Really, really good. Like, first-class venue, man. Like, and big bands play there, man. Like, uh, the band Metal Church uh, is playing. Like, you know, big big guitarists. Like, hard rock. Hard rock and metal only. So, it's like a hard rock metal bar. And on Saturday night, this Saturday night, a band is playing called The Last in Line. And, of course, if you know Ronnie James Dio, we're the last in line, right? What a great song, great record. So last in line, it's the Dio band. It's Vinnie Apice and Vivian Campbell, of course, who wrote all the great classics with Dio, played in Def Leppard. So this isn't one of those ones. Yeah, it's not a knockoff cover band of battle. No, no, like Vivian Campbell wrote the songs. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like he was the guitarist that wrote the riffs. And Dio's gone, so they're carrying on the legacy. But they're not like, you know, they're called the last in line. They're not like writing the Dio name, really. And they have their own songs as well. And they're playing, and it's only 20 bucks, bro. What You can't beat that. You see the guys in Dio. You see, like, one of the best guitar metal guitarists ever in Vivian Campbell. One of the best rock drummers ever in Vinnie Apice. One of the best studio musicians ever for 20 bucks, man, in Vegas. Can't beat that, Babano. So I'm going to spend the day watching the games, and then after, after the Circa game is over at uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, I'm going to head over and see uh, the Dio band. It's going to be awesome. There's no way a trip involving sports and music combined wouldn't be something I'd enjoy. I'd love it. So enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, how about Sounds this, Pano? So I'm also going to F1 weekend in Vegas. I'll be there for F1. And uh, just by chance, you can't, you can't make this up. It's great. Friday the 17th, Dawkins and George Lynch. They hate each other. Like they don't talk. They don't like each other. I don't. They still don't like each other. But they're getting paid a lot of money to play a couple of shows together. So Dawkins are playing, which is like a big rarity. And it's funny. Like I'm. I'm into heavier stuff. Dawkins wasn't my favorite band or anything. But I do respect the hell out of George Lynch. He's an amazing guitarist, and I like all of his other bands and his work that he's done. And also, Dawkins are good. Like they for with the, that genre of music, they were really they're really good. Like they weren't, they were authentic at least what they did. So um, I just want to see George Lynch live. And how cool is that, Babano? I'm going to F1 and then Dawkins and stuff. That's going to be a great weekend too. So I'm telling you guys, Vegas has changed. It used to just be about gambling and hookers and stuff, right? But now it's 
it's shows and concerts and the gambling and all that other stuff is like oh, secondary. Tons of residencies and music, and uh, there's nothing like seeing a live concert. Doesn't matter where it is. I've been to a bunch. I mean, even tonight, it's obviously it's not the same as seeing live. But I was able to watch on television a film concert of Led Zeppelin from O2 Arena in 2007. You know, Robert Plant, uh, Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, the three surviving members were in that concert, and it was just spectacular. And uh, makes me wish I could have seen them live yeah i never saw i never saw led zeppelin live i've seen everybody too even after like i know they're they've redone it a few times and stuff like that but um it's the one band yeah i would like to seen uh see them live led zeppelin's another one though when i was a kid they were around i was a little you know younger i was sort of right then when i was getting into that stuff but it's funny i thought they were too hippie-ish when i was a kid <laughs> like i was like yeah they're good you know what I mean? Like, you know, I was like, I was in a rock and stuff. I was like, they're good, but you know, they're kind of hippie-ish with those, you know, the the bell-bottom yeah, jeans yeah. and all that. Like, I liked Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, right? I was like, <laughs> I was like, I like these Judas Priest guys, man. These guys are heavier. Like, I like that Aussie and guy, they, Black and, Sabbath. And they had little. They had little vibes and little pieces of everything. Classic rock vibes, blues vibes, metal vibes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very like bluesy. Very bluesish. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, they ripped off a lot of the blues. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're big, big stuff like the Yardbirds. But but as I get older, yeah, I'm like, man, Zeppelin really were good. Like, they were just the, the masters of that stuff. All right, Papano. So, Kent State, it's been documented about their offensive woes coming into this. 11 new starters. Defensively, they don't have many guys back either. This is almost like a this isn't even like an FCS team moving up a banner or something. It's like a like an expansion team, like a rebuild. Like this they you know, they can get back. It'll take them a couple of years to rebuild this thing at Kent State, but I do think they're in big trouble tomorrow night. It's a big number, but it's a big number for a reason. Yeah, I mean it's and it's coming down and the, first of all the, the the number of UCF has dropped and the total dropped and it's because of the thunderstorms that could be in the Orlando area caused by the hurricane events that are rolling through that area. I think that's influencing things a little bit. Um, yeah, but that hurricane, those, for the record, Babano, that hurricane is fizzling out. And a good thing, it's good people aren't going to be devastated, but the media hyped it up more than it was. Yeah, it's not going to be the. Uh, it's not going to be anywhere close to the destruction. That's why the game's being played. If it was anywhere close to really, really bad and something significant, they haven't canceled any games know. in Florida. Right. <laughs> so that's yeah. all you need yeah. to know, right? Yeah, there, there'll be rain, but it's not going to be like the the torrential rain and the huge damaging winds that they were uh, maybe thinking could happen. Um, I, I'm treading lightly on this game because of this, but because of the, the thunderstorms. But I still like the first half UCF and the first half over. Now you can get the first half UCF minus 21 and you can get the first half over 30 and a half 31 I'd rather have UCF early than full game and I'd rather have the over early than full game because you know if UCF's up big they're going to run clock just try to get the game over with move on to next week and I think there's probably a better chance we see more points early than late and to be honest you know Kent State's defense is just really going to be bad and it, it, look they had a lot of more experience on defense last year and they were still not very good and now they're starting from scratch so UCF with John Reese Plumley, uh, they should be able to run the ball and they're going to be looking to throw the ball more this year. Gus Malzahn said he brought in Darren Hinshaw is his new offensive coordinator who was a quarterback at UCF a long time ago, specifically because he trusts him to work on the passing game with Plumlee. Plumlee, the one area we want to see him get better is accuracy, especially deep ball. And they're saying uh, Hinshaw's working with him at that. So I wouldn't be surprised if UCF puts the ball up in the air a few times as well because they are really going to try to unleash Plumlee's passing uh, attack as well this year. So I like UCF early. I like points early, but prefer both in the first half tomorrow night. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Do you have a gambling problem? No, I enjoy it. It's a hobby. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Sirius XM Channel 159. Sports Good Radio Network. Shout out to our AM Radio affiliates. Ben Kirchival from CBSSports.com will join us a little bit later on. We'll talk more college uh, football. Get into some NFL football before we're done. Uh, but, of course, uh, Thursday night, week one, is here. I'm gonna roll. Uh, I'm gonna roll with Central Florida in this game. Normally, I wouldn't lay this many points, uh, but I think Kent State are gonna be terrible. They, I like a play here. Kent State under nine and a half points scored in the game at plus one forty-five, getting plus money, and I don't think they're gonna get to ten. They might score three points. Maybe they'll score six or something. I actually think they're gonna lose. If I had to say a score right now. 49 nothing. I said 45-3 earlier today today to somebody on the air. So I don't want to, like, you know, I'm sticking to the same ballpark figure here, but 45-3, 49-nothing in that, in that range. I do think they're going to roll them. They're minus 7.5 in the first quarter. I think they're going to be up, like, 14 nothing after the first quarter. It's 21 for the first half. That's a little trickier, but they probably should be. But a lot of live movement, but Banner, we can get hammer with us. Um, a lot of live movement on NC State and UConn. Now it's all, all the way down to an even 14. It just gets, uh, you know, they keep chipping away uh, with this game. Who are you on here, the Wolfpack or the Huskies? I know it feels like we've talked about this game like eight times now, but uh, but uh, I'm still on UConn. I am. I obviously now we're talking 14. A little trickier. One thing that does scare me because look, you can lose any bet you place. Obviously, it goes without saying. Uh, but there is one thing that does concern me for UConn is that there's some really good continuity here for NC State with the fact that yes, they have a new quarterback and Brennan Armstrong after Devin Leary transferred to Kentucky, but they also brought in offensive coordinator Robert and I, and these two were together at Virginia two years ago when Brennan Armstrong had that huge year. You know, it was just a huge passing year. He had a, it was a terrific offense in terms of throwing the football with Virginia, and now he's back reunited with his OC. So, you know, can the UConn defense, which I do think is improved, and we saw that defense get better down the stretch, can they hang in there against the passing attack? And it's probably going to be more of a pass heavy offense that we've seen out of NC State in years past. They've been pretty balanced pass run, but now that Armstrong's there and his OC from Virginia from two years ago when they just lit up uh, opposing secondaries, he might look to throw the ball more. Can that Husky secondary you know, hold up to that? It's a little concerning, but I think they can. I think their offense now that they've finally got a healthy quarterback room, you know, that's going to go a long way. Uh, their offensive line should be one of the more improved units. We saw how much more competitive they were down the stretch, and really for Jim Moore Jr. to have the success he had in year one was really something. Should be a decent atmosphere coming off the strong finish of the year for this home opener in Connecticut with the uh, fan base as well. Probably a bigger crowd than probably they would have added any point uh, last year. So I like the idea of UConn being able to stay within two scores, and I'm going to stick to it. 
You know what? I think this game is worth a small sprinkle on the money line. You're getting plus 475. We talked to Rick Saratella, if you guys remember. He uh, he visited the camp. He's buddies with Mora. And he basically said these guys have this game circled. They've had their eye on NC State all offseason. This is what they've been sort of, you know, training for, practicing for. They got smoked by them last year. But they they were they were in the game a bit, so that's why they think they're like you know what we think we can play with these guys. So UConn are taking the field, believing they can win the game, and you want that. You're taking an underdog. You want you know you want an underdog thinking well we hope we can cover, maybe we can score a couple of points. They think no, we, we're going to win this game. And you're getting NC State first game of the year, new quarterback, um, still still intriguing at plus 14. I agree. And plus 475 is worth a sprinkle. If you get plus 500 on the money line, I don't have a problem with that. Cam Rising's officially out, Babano. I've said this, though, and I like Cam Rising as a quarterback, but I would rather the point spread be four and a half with another quarterback with Utah than nine and a half or something with Cam Rising because now you're getting value with the Utes at, at minus four and a half. And also the total is interesting. It's been a big drop. From where it was to to now at 44, from 50 to 44, because of the quarterback stuff, and finally it's just come down. But that's too low, in my opinion. I think this game is going over, and I think the Utah Utes are going to cover the point spread. What do you think about this one? Yeah, and one last note about NC State: they're two and eight ATS their last ten on the road. Uh, Utah, Florida. Uh, you look at that game coming up here. Look, everyone overreacts when a quarterback's out for a game, especially the season opener, and he's a really good quarterback. And Cam Rising's a really good quarterback. But every situation's different. you got to know what's the backup situation. Are you putting in a guy that just transferred to the school? Are you putting in someone that's just you know learning the offense? Or do you have someone that's been in the program for multiple years, that's gotten on the field for playing time here in this program? And for Bryson Barnes, who's going to be the starting quarterback for Utah tomorrow night in place of Cam Rising, this is his third year in Utah with the same system, the same scheme. This is a guy that had 57 pass attempts last year when he got into game action for Utah. 37 of 57, 64% completions, four touchdowns, two interceptions. You know, he's not someone that's going to be a deer in the headlights, in my opinion, here. You know, at home, getting this start, knowing that Cam Rising has not been able to practice for spring and fall camp. You know, he's gotten a lot of the reps with the first team offense in fall camp for Kyle Whittingham. So this is a guy that not only is third year in the program, 57 pass attempts last year, got all of fall camp to get ready for this game. I think he's going to be as well prepared as you could ask for from a backup quarterback to play the season opener. Uh, and Florida's defense won't be an easy thing to navigate, but I'm not so sure Florida's defense, even last year we saw it, and even this year, I don't know if it's nearly as good as we've seen uh, in the past. And on the offensive side of the football, it goes without saying, and I said this to you on Sunday, you know, there's just no way I'm backing Graham Mertz on the road. After what the horror show I saw from this guy at the quarterback spot in Wisconsin, I'm not doing it. And I don't love the, the lack of playmakers I think Florida has this year compared to years past. Their old line wasn't great last year. They were bailed out because Anthony Richardson could evade the pocket and keep plays alive. That's not Graham Mertz, okay? <laughs> if the old line's going to have issues, he ain't getting out of trouble. So, and, and you're talking about Utah, who are year in and year out perennially strong in the trenches. A Utah team that's probably very avid to try to right the wrongs of losing in Gainesville last year against this Florida team. So I'm totally with you. I'm taking the nice value-laden number that we have with Utah now in this four-and-a-half range, and I'm laying the points, and I'm trusting their defense. I'm trusting that terrific, terrific home environment. Kyle Whittingham has a very strong long-term uh, track record in these revenge spots as well against a team that beat him the previous season. And last but not least, Bryson Barnes, the quarterback, is not some guy that's unfamiliar with the program. He's in his third year. He threw 57 passes last year. He won't be lost in the clouds, and I think he'll lead Utah to victory. I will say, though, I don't think the sky is falling for Florida. They'll be fine. I don't know if Napier is the guy in the long term. This is the thing. All these coaches always look good in, in the Sun Belt and in the MAC, and then they're in the Big Ten or the SEC, and suddenly it's not the same. So we'll see what happens with Napier moving forward. But I think Mertz, I think, I think he'll be fine in this offense. And the fact is, too, 
for me, it's the spot. I don't like the situation for Florida. I don't like the fact that they flew to Dallas, that they played in, they practiced, they left Gainesville early, they practiced in Dallas. Now they got to go to Salt Lake. Uh, they went to Salt Lake today. I don't like the altitude part of it. Right, the revenge part is something too. I mean, it got away from them last year, and you're right. Without Anthony Richardson, Utah wins that game uh, last year. Obviously, that is the difference. But at the same point in time, the Florida Gators have better players than Utah do. Are they a better team? No, but they have like if you looked at like the amount of blue chip recruits and stuff. Like it's right. Utah Whittingham does a great job, so you can't dismiss Florida's playmaking ability. But one thing, talking to people around the Gators, they're a little concerned about stopping the run. And that, that's what Utah is going to have to do. Just play smash-mouth football, keep the ball away from Florida, wear them out. I think the altitude, Babano, that's my whole deal, too. If I was the Florida Gators, I would have gotten to Utah on, like, Sunday-Monday type thing. Like, I would have got there Sunday night and then started practicing Monday and then had a Monday-Tuesday practice and then a walk-through Wednesday and then be good to go for, for Thursday in the altitude. These kids are showing up today. It's going to get them. Like, it's, you know I mean? It's, it's going to get them. You know, but they we're talking about big kids, Babano, right? Some of these kids are 350 pounds and stuff. It's going to be hot out. It's serious altitude. And I think they're underestimating it, actually. And they should have gotten there earlier to deal with that. And the total at 44 is just so damn light. I mean, people are acting like, like Babano's right. I don't think the Utah, I think the Utah offense will be fine. The kid's been running the offense for the last three weeks. They've known he's going to play. So he's been in practice running the offense. I think they'll be fine. And I think Florida will be able to score a bit. So to me, the total is too light. Uh, leads us into Nebraska and Minnesota. Speaking of it's light like totals, one of those games, Babano. too, where you could get a defensive score, too, in that Florida-Utah. Oh, yeah. Could help your cause. I could see it. Utah scored yeah, either a lot team of defense could. last year. Either team could. The kids on Florida, right? They're fast as hell. If they pick six of them, they catch. You know, what I mean, they punt. You know, there could be a lot of things going to happen. Punt return, pick six, fumbles. Forty-four is light for a college game, man. Especially with two call. Like it's not if it's one team. We know, okay, one team can't score, but okay, you don't believe in Graham Mertz, but he's not at Wisconsin anymore. So there's a big difference there, and just in the offense and the playmakers he has around him. Nebraska, Minnesota will get into the other side. Like I said, low total at 43 in this game. Seven points. Golden Gophers are laying. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Vent your rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Let's roll. 
The late night anger man for across this is sports range. I am Gabriel Renzi. A lot of times I've been into, well, you know, this team is this and that against the spread of the opening game and all this. If you notice, this year I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> right? It's like, ah, we know what's going to happen. You throw out this and that. And it's all, all these teams are so new all the time. You know, we've always talked about this. College football trends are only good when you see, well, this school is beating this team or that happens. You have to gauge the coaching staff, right? It's irrelevant. Like, Colorado stats are irrelevant. What the hell does it matter what happened last year? They have 53 new players, right? What, what does it matter? The, the entire team is new. They have a new coach, new players, new everything. So there are no trends with them, right? It's like Sonny Dyke said. There's no game tape. So we can't watch Colorado from last year because that's useless and meaningless. And he goes, we can't really watch Jacksonville State because what is that going to tell us? They're, they have all these new players now. So... It is tricky in almost every one of these teams. Like we said, Kent State's starting completely over. NC State's got a new quarterback. UConn, that's why people think UConn are a little live here. Uh, we got Florida and Utah. We talked about their quarterback situations. Now it leads us into another situation of battle. Matt Rule, first game, new, new program, first game as a head coach. Off to a great start. Uh, his star tight end was awaiting eligibility answers. Decides to rob a local liquor and vape store. And uh, gets arrested for uh, for robbery. Um, so Nebraska's had an interesting week, and they haven't even played a game yet. And they're getting seven points against Minnesota. The total is 42.5. I said 43. FanDuel's got a 42.5 up right now, Eva Babano. What are you doing with this game, if anything? Uh, it's a tough one. I have a small play on Nebraska, though, once at seven, seven and a half. I think it's just. You know, I'm not ready to trust Minnesota laying a touchdown or more just yet with the Greek Stallion at quarterback, uh, FN Kaliakmanis. I want to see how he plays. I do think he can be a little bit of a stronger arm quarterback than, say, Tanner Morgan was. But, you know, you look at it, there's some changes at running back. Will uh, the O-line be as good as it was last year? That remains to be seen defensively. I think Minnesota... You know, it'll be interesting to see how they fare here. But, you know, I think there's some pieces there that are going to be replaced. Uh, and we'll see if they can overcome that, especially on all three levels of the defense. And, you know, if anything, Nebraska at least brings in a very experienced quarterback from Georgia Tech and Jeff Sims, you know, to take over. He's been marred by injuries. He's been very erratic with his play. He's had some good moments. He hasn't. He's struggled at times. To me, it's just, you know, kind of a pick your poison. I don't really trust Minnesota laying a touchdown or more. I'm not overly Nebraska either, but I prefer that side. Friday night football, the Battle of Miami's. Miami, Ohio at Miami, Florida. Gator, 16 and a half. Total, 45 and a half. We've got a uh, interstate battle here with the Chippewas coming from uh, Mount Pleasant, uh, going to East Lansing, uh, Central Michigan, plus 14 and a half um, in East Lansing. Sparty Lang, 14 and a half. Total, also 45 and a half. Louisville Cardinals, seven and a half point road favorites. Louisville are suddenly a trendy team. It's funny because last year I was on Louisville's win total of the over and uh, we cashed it. This year everybody loves them. I haven't bet them to the over. Seven and a half is, is the total here. Uh, seven and a half is the spread. The total, 48 and a half against Georgia Tech. And in the game I'm most looking forward to seeing on Friday night, Stanford and uh, Hawaii. And uh, we saw Hawaii and what they did against Vanderbilt. Very impressed. I put my hand up. I lost. I laid the points in the first half of the game. The Bows played strong in the fourth quarter. They didn't tap out. And Timmy Chang after was fired up, like what he saw, the competitive spirit and fight. Tough scheduling spot and travel, but the kids are kind of used to it to play for them. So, you know, playing on a Saturday night, now playing on the Friday night, going back home, all that travel. But as I stated, they're used to it. And you've got Stanford, who, quite frankly, another rebuilding team that aren't very good, Babano, which, you know, the point spread says it all right now. Stanford are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Total's 57-and-a-half. Yeah, well, uh, I'll tell you what. One in ten ATS. That was uh, Miami, the Hurricanes. I should say, last year. Uh, absolutely terrible. Long-term home favorites here in this Miami Gardens Arena, Hard Rock Stadium. My gosh, it's been brutal. It's been absolutely brutal. And Tyler Van Dyke's questionable. I think he's probably going to play, if I, if I had to guess. But you know, banged up all through fall camp. That's not what I like to see out of my 16.5-point favorite. And I like this Miami O defense. I think the offense might struggle a bit here uh, against you know a, a defense in Miami that should be 
better this year, but I don't know if I trust the Hurricanes to win by that kind of a margin. Miami O should be a solid MAC team. I think they're actually right there with uh, the other teams in the MAC East, Ohio, Buffalo, contending in that side of the division. They've got an experienced quarterback duo with Brett Gabbard and Avion Smith. So I, I like the Redhawks a little bit there, 17. Central Michigan, Michigan State, I don't think either team is very good. But if you ask me, I'd rather have the dog than the favorite in a game like that. And it's not a ringing endorsement of Central Michigan. Uh, but I've got equally the same amount of questions with Michigan State. So for that reason, I, I like Central Michigan just a little bit there. Tell you what, with Louisville dropping to seven now against Georgia Tech, and I like Georgia Tech. I think there's going to be money to be made. I think they're going to be better. I like Brent Key. You know, being there as the head coach of that team, you know, I, I think there's some things that point to the arrow up for Georgia Tech. But Louisville's ready, I think, to contend in the, or at least be in the upper tier of the ACC this year. I, I can't say that about Georgia Tech. I still think there's a class difference. So if the line keeps dropping, Gabe, to Louisville here, down to minus seven now, I'm more interested in Louisville. And I'm a big Jeff Brom fan. He's got a quarterback he's familiar with here and Jack Plummer. Uh, I think that line's starting to get a little short now with the movement toward Georgia Tech, I think it's provided some value to Louisville. And I'm with you on Hawaii. I was on Hawaii last week. I don't love the spot. You're coming back from Nashville. You're playing on Friday. You know, it's less than a week, not a full week either, getting back to the island. But, you know, you can make a case Stanford could be the worst team in the Power Five this year on paper. They very well could be. That's how bleak things are for Stanford coming into the new season. I feel bad for Troy Taylor. I actually don't mind the hire, but I think it's going to take time for this Stanford team. And I like what I saw out of the run-and-shoot offense. Shager uh, at quarterback was solid against Vanderbilt. And that defense was pretty good, actually, when you think about it. They gave up yards to Vanderbilt, uh, but they had a bend-but-not-break mentality at times, and they were able to get off the field on some key third downs, which allowed them to stay close in that game. Uh, and you know that place is going to be amped up, and you know there's going to be an emotional kind of environment there with all, you know, unfortunately the forest fires and that have been re uh, going through that, uh, that state here the last few, several weeks. So I think it's a very, very charged You love the sentimental cliches, Babano. Yeah, you love I gotta this. throw it in there. Yeah. You are, every game you always throw like teeth the most thing. And because of this, now you're gonna be motivated. Like Here's the issue though, uh, I gotta throw this out. You gotta mention it. Like if, if you haven't bet Hawaii yet, I wouldn't unload on them now because this number was Stanford minus ten and a half most of the summer. It's three and a half now. I mean that's a seven point move. So if you're gonna bet Hawaii now, keep it light. All right, we've got um, Arkansas State and Oklahoma up first on Saturday morning. Sooners are laying 35 and a half. The total is 58. Ball State are getting 26 against Kentucky, 49 and a half. Bowling Green. Uh, Paul Bovey was with us earlier tonight. Paul Bovey likes the uh, the Falcons in this game. He thinks Liberty are overrated. Uh, he's taking Bowling Green. He got a 10. It's nine and a half right now. The total is 50. Uh, the game that everybody's talking about, Colorado and TCU. TCU are now 20 and a half. It's come down. It was 21 and a half. 63 and a half is the total. The Michigan Wolverines without Harbaugh on the sidelines, laying 36 to East Carolina. Totals 51 and a half. East Carolina's team total is seven and a half in this game, guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan actually did pitch a shutout in that game. Fresno State getting three and a half at Purdue. I think this one's kind of flying under the radar, actually, but bad. I haven't talked about this game on the air, actually, this much. Uh, but I spoke with Jerry Palm, who went to Purdue. He was the one we spoke to about. But Hudson Card's the quarterback at Purdue right now. They're going to be airing it out all over the place, uh, this team. Even though they hired a defensive coach, they, they hired, like, you know what I mean, it's going to be the air raid attack through the air. Fresno loses Jake Hayner going on the road in the Big Ten country. I personally think, Babano, that the number's too light. I think I think people are overestimating Fresno going into to, and underestimating Purdue. I think Purdue uh, it's three and a half right now. That's actually a game that's flying under the radar at noon Eastern. All right, oh, but they got to think now. Where do I begin? Now? Um, I'll, I'll start with Ball State, Kentucky. Um, I like the over there a little bit. Forty nine and a half. We think of Kentucky as this plotting, run-heavy, defensive-minded. They bring back a really good quarterback, maybe one of the better quarterbacks, and that's with all due respect to Levis. But Levis never impressed me as much as he impressed a lot of other people. I like Devin Leary a lot coming over from NC State. I think he's going to be good for this no, team. Kentucky's offense is probably going to be better this year, Rabano, despite losing Chris Rodriguez and Will Levis. 
Yeah, I mean, the, and the running back room, don't worry. They got Ray Davis. He's going to be fine. They've got Tavion Robinson, Barry and Brown. They got some good receivers. They're going to move the ball, and they're playing a MAC defense and hosting them. They should be able to move the ball. Ball State's got a fourth year starting quarterback, Lane Hatcher, Arkansas State, Texas State. So he's got a lot of experience. It's not going to be easy against an SEC defense, but if they can punch in, you know, 10 or 14 points, you can get, you know, 38 out of Kentucky in a game like this. You get to the 50s, you get over the total. So I just think that totals low in that game. You mentioned Fresno and Purdue. The numbers getting to the point where I'm more interested in Purdue now. Um, I, I get that Mikey Keene, the quarterback for Fresno transferring from UCF, has starting experience last year, but he wasn't particularly good. And let's be honest, Fresno State doesn't get quarterbacks like Jake Hayner all the time. You know, they don't grow on trees for a program like that. He was special, and it's not going to be very easy to fill his shoes. You know, at the quarterback position, they lose some on defense. Purdue's the only thing that's keeping me off Purdue right now is they're kind of rebuilding. They got new coaching staff, new systems. You know, they lose their quarterback as well. But you are talking tough drill. And to your point, Gabe, you're talking the team West Coast playing 9 a.m. Pacific noon Eastern. You know, here in West Lafayette, Indiana. So situationally, oh, there's there's the cliche. A good number. <laughs> there's your cliche for this one. The 9 a.m. stuff. Do you really believe that matters? Week one, I'll say do, this. Week do you, one, not no. as much. There's do you really think the kids on Fresno are going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're playing at 9 and, like, you know what I mean, at noon? Like, come on. Um, even in the NFL, bro, that's, like, the most overhyped, like, it doesn't work. I get it. People believe in it and all that. There's there's a lot of miss in gambling with that stuff. Like, look at the dude. Like the look at the records of, of teams in the you know what what's actually crazy like the bills are a good example of a the bills suck on the west coast bro yeah they never like they never win in the sun the bills <laughs> like you know what i mean like in florida remember last year against the dolphins bro they 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 were melting down they were cramping up they were throwing up on the sidelines it was they too hot like for them can't take heat <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, so people are like, you know, I wasn't to travel. It was hot as hell, right, or whatever. But one thing I was gonna say too, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, <laughs> correct me, everybody. But Fresno actually is the one quarterback you, Babano. I mean, they've had Trent Dilfer. You know, Trent Dilfer was the number one pick overall. You've had the Carr brothers. You've had Hayner. So like, they they actually have been one of those schools. that has been a quarterback factory. But I think it, it, it's a tough spot. For look, they're the second choice to win the Mountain West with Bano too this year. Yep. People really like their coach, bro. They buy into their coach, Tetford. Yeah, well, quickly, rapid fire before break. Texas State Baylor, I like over. I, I'm with Paul Bowlby on Liberty. I don't get all the bowling green love, and I'm with you on UTSA. And, and I would look as well, South Alabama plus the points. I like that team this year. Uh, we got Mick Gossie, but I'm like, I don't want to be a jerk, but they did have like the kind of number one pick of the draft. That's all I have is quarterbacks. <laughs> Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Yeah, I think we're going to do like a... Uh 
I'm going to do like an hour segment or something. We'll wait for the TV show next. I'm going to come up with gambling myths. Gambling myths. And I've fallen for a lot of the myths, too, over the years. It's funny, earlier in the week, Babano, Cam took a baseball game. He goes, you know what? I don't know. I kind of like them, but I'm going to take them plus one and a half. And I said, I said, you know, I found in my own personal experience that I think that taking one and a half in a baseball game is dumb. It doesn't work. Like, there's what's what are you getting out of it, right? Like, what? Like, it's not a hockey game. I like one and a half in a hockey game. About it. love one and a half in a hockey game, right? On the road, give me a puck and a half, sure, love it. But a baseball game, and lo and behold, um, somebody sent us the exact numbers, and it backed me up. Only 16% of the time, Babano, the teams lose a baseball game. Like losers, underdogs lose baseball games by uh, at only 16% of the time by one run. You're not, so, so what, you know what I mean? What's the point? You have an 84% chance of losing still. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, what, I just take the money well, line with those dogs. I'm never a player. Well, I mean, yeah. If you like the underdog in baseball, like hockey's different, though, like every sport is different. But I was just yeah. saying in baseball, the numbers back me up. The other one, Babano, is, um, oh, I don't like taking the, no, no, I don't take uh, minus one and a half uh, with, a, with a home team in baseball. They get one last at bat. Does it really matter with the Dodgers, Babano? They're winning 7 nothing after the third inning every night. Like, the Dodgers have a better run line record at home laying one and a half than they do on the road. Myth, right? Uh, the other one, West Coast teams playing one o'clock games in the NFL. Yeah, whatever. Like, really? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. A grown man, professional athlete's body clock has been completely thrown off because he flew three hours across the country, right? Right? Like, you hear that. I remember Teddy last year was talking about it. I said, Teddy, because you're tired traveling doesn't mean they are. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> the miss of gambling. Babano, great stuff. Get Babano online. At Babano, Ian Cameron. He'll have all kinds of videos, pics, and everything else. Good stuff, Babano. Thanks for the time. It's been great after midnight, but we'll see you in the new time next Wednesday, Gabe. Good stuff, Babano. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.